0: This episode is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto is the easy-to-use payroll and HR platform for the small business. So I hired my first W-2 employee last summer and immediately started using Gusto. It was simple. It makes sure that you check all of the compliance boxes when hiring, and you can even pay your subcontractors through it. If you're looking for a new payroll platform, you can use the link in the show notes to sign up and you'll receive $100 when you run your first payroll. This is Quirky HR, where we break down everything human resources, compliance, and all things employees, while infusing a little bit of foul language and a whole lot of humor. I'm your host, Dana Dowdell, and let's talk HR. Hey, friends, we are back with another episode of Quirky HR, and I am joined by Emma Jamil. And I think that this topic is going to resonate with so many of you. Here in the U.S., we've been dealing with the vaccine mandate. That's like a back and forth relationship. And just COVID in general, I think HR professionals are really feeling the stress of our careers. And Emma is the expert on helping HR professionals, specifically women, manage that stress so that they can be their best selves. So Emma, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing right now in terms of trends with HR professionals and burnout
1: wow (laughs) big question (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so what I see what do I see um I see people who are on the back of what's been really tough couple of years um struggling really in a profession that's woefully unsupported anyway so it's it's kind of my like I, I just think that as a profession we don't get the support that we need, we we need to deal with the stuff that we have to deal with. Um, And that's been even before COVID, even before all of this. And then in this pandemic, we've had to just, we've constantly been reacting. We've had to deal with new legislation that's come out. We've had to deal with people losing their jobs. You know, like it's been really, really tough. And when you know, what i what i my perception is that we're a lot of people who give to other people within hr mm-hmm. you know we tend to like care um we should who, i mean we should care we should care <laughs> <laughs> we should do um and and the, what that means is that we put other people before ourselves so i'm seeing a lot of women who are kind of just like either completely exhausted um to the, to the point of potentially being quite cynical now, quite negative, um, you know, not taking care of their themselves, that they're actually kind of at that point of, of burnout. Um, and that's a really tough place to be when you're in a profession that's at the front face of dealing with the people in an organization, you know, yeah. so. We're supposed
0: yeah. to be like the gatekeepers. I think, yeah, exactly that. And And then you're feeling it and you can't, you can't, can't. there's nowhere to
1: turn. Yeah, exactly. And who can you talk to? You can't talk to anyone, can you, when you're in HR, because Mm -hmm. everything that you deal with is confidential. And I still think there's this perception of HR. We have have to like prove ourselves like, oh, what value do you bring to an organization and all that rubbish? Mm -hmm. Even from companies who are like, oh, people are our best asset, but then, yes. you know, I'll prove your worth. Okay, thanks, that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> um, so so if you go with any kind of weakness or any kind of, like, struggle, then it's almost like that's going to be um, negatively perceived by mm-hmm. people. So, yeah, I think woefully Unsupported um, and just – I mean, it's happening everywhere, isn't it? Everyone's thinking – what do I want my life to be like now? And I right. think within our profession, we're not exempt from that. We just, we've just had to deal with a whole heap of stuff. As uh, well, yeah. And
0: HR professionals, it, uh, it's so often they're an HR department of one. Yeah. So that ability in a traditional work environment to bounce ideas off of coworkers or even commiserate or whatever it may be, it's, we are, often a single HR person running a HR department and not any other resources in the same field or industry.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think even when we are in a department, when you reach a certain level, you know, if you're managing other people, you potentially can't even talk to anyone anyway, because you don't want to talk to your team because, you know, you're you're their manager. And then who's above you? Is it the CEO? Well, the CEO doesn't give a crap all the time so like you know where do you where do you go even if you do have people around you it's um it's really unique I think in that respect what we do
0: do you compared to what we're experiencing now with the pandemic what were you seeing before the pandemic as far as the pressures the reason for kind of burnout and really putting the stress on HR professionals
1: I think when you get to a certain, I think there's a combination of things. So you get to a certain point. Like, you know, when you start out in HR, I don't know if you um, resonate with this, but when you start out in HR, it's kind of exciting because you kind of see, oh, this is like the juicy stuff that, um, you're not meant to think it's juicy, but you're a little bit excited because you're like, oh, this is, I'm dealing with particularly a generalist capacity. um, You're dealing with a disciplinary or your, your grievance and you kind of have the, um the insights to what's going on before other people do. And I think that's a bit exciting to start off with. And then when you've been in it a little while and like you grow as a person, you kind of think, well, look, I want to do more of that. Uh, not more of that, I want to do more than that, sorry. So you know I want to be doing the value-added stuff and I want to be respected. And look at all these years of experience I've got. And yet I'm still being asked to prove myself. And, you know, I'm still having the same old conversations with managers who aren't doing this and, you know, what you know, and you kind of get to the point where you just, I think, get a little bit fed up of it. Sure. Um, and I also think the longer you've been in a career, the more likely you are to have, like, families and outside pressures as well. And it just kind of all, certainly with the people that I work with, it all kind of comes to a bit of a head where you think, well i used to be really passionate about this but now i'm not but then what do i do because i've given my whole life to it um i think there's a whole heap of stuff that goes into n- not always burnout it doesn't always get to burnout but um certainly a kind of reflection on well what I'm, what am i here to do now
0: mm. it's so interesting because we do our roles are so much about taking care of the employees making sure that they're advocated for, that they know what their rights are within the workplace. And then we just don't do that same advocating for ourselves. I remember in one of my jobs, I fell, I slipped on some ice and I fell pretty significantly. And someone said to me, oh, are you going to go and here in the U S we have workers comp. I'm not sure what you guys have over there, but um, they were like, are are you going to file a workers comp claim? And I, my immediate response was, HR doesn't file workers' comp claims. We don't file workers' comp claims. And so when I brought it to my boss's attention, there was no advocacy there. She was not like, we'll take care of you. Make sure you file it. It's the right thing to do. It became, well, let me know if you want to put in a claim. You have to advocate for yourself about it. And... I think that mindset very much continued on in my career over the next couple of years as I continued to serve in HR roles for others, yeah. you know, rather than my
1: own business. Yeah. I really resonate with that because um, like from my own experience, I know that when I got to the point of like needing, I needed time out to work out what it was that I really wanted. But you can't go off sick when you're HR. Like mm-hmm. HR can't go off sick. So you kind of feel a little bit trapped by. Um, you know I really need to think about this and get some headspace but I can't go off sick because I'm HR and it's just so weird you don't it's like and I think that's for me part of the stuff that really frustrated me about the profession is I lost my identity you know you'd walk into a room and it'd be like oh HR's in the room I'm not you know I'm not H that's my job that's not who I am Mm. Um, and I remember starting a presentation that I did one time saying like Oh hi! I'm HR, also known as Emma, but only at the weekends. Because like people don't, like, they don't even talk to you by the, your name, do they? Like you just, it's, um, oh my goodness, what a funny like... way to, pre-
0: yeah, it's just it's it. Well, one, it's a hilarious way to to present that that joke. <laughs> but it is. I mean, we're constantly fighting for that philosophy of HR having a seat at the table. And I think that there's a fear that if HR, when you're battling that, you're constantly trying to prove your worth, and then you do have an illness or you have a trying to get a vacation or something like that. I think that there is a fear that I know personally a fear that comes up around, well, when I'm gone, will they realize that I'm not valuable to the organization? Will all that work that I've done over the last two years trying to show my value be gone if I'm not in the building for two weeks so I can go on a honeymoon or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And and I um again I really resonate with that because I remember knowing that I needed to to leave my job right so um me and my husband tried for for our daughter for like four and a half years and I had um two lots of IVF that weren't successful and then we had like two two left in the fridge kind of thing <laughs> for the last round and I remember knowing that I needed to leave my job but I also remember thinking like well how will this place function without me and what about all the people that are relying on me and what about all the stuff that I know that other people don't know um and it can keep you really. It can keep you there for much longer than than does you good. Really,
0: mm.
1: you know. When I left, the world didn't end. They got someone else. <laughs> they replaced me. Like I was totally replaceable. Sure. And I think that's a really hard lesson to learn. Um, when again, when your job is so much part of your identity, because mm-hmm. um, you kind of think, well, what was the point of me working my ass off <laughs> that much if I'm just so easily replaceable? You know. Um, but that is just the fact of it, and that's one of the things I really like. Drives me to do what I do now is mm-hmm. to, is to just help people realise that you don't have to, you don't have to kill yourself to stay in a job because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as companies say that they care about you, and some really do, um, they don't care about you as much as your family, and they're not as important as your health. You know, so that's I I read an article on professional detachment. Which is basically around um, being able to do your job and do it really, really well, but not being emotionally attached to it. That you kind of take it home and Mm. um, do all those things that are actually, you know, not that um, good for you. In Mm -hmm. in the long run, that's what I encourage.
0: (laughs) So, for HR professionals that uh, either are in their own business doing HR consulting or really believe in their careers and this path for them as, as a place that they want to stay. What are some tips that they can do, um, to really ensure that they are okay and that they're taking good care of themselves? Sounds like that article is a good resource.
1: Yeah. Look up professional detachment for sure, because, um, it's achievable. And it's um, it's it's a different way of being, but it's it's like I say, it's achievable and it does you good. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of stuff around mindset that really helps. So a few things that kind of helped me. One thing I was told was never work harder than your client, and that was um, that was when I was still in house, right? So rather than constantly chasing them, like, oh, have you done this yet? this is really important. It's going to really affect this person. Like everyone's a grown up and there are people earning a lot of money to do the thing that they're supposed to do. And, and like shock, horror that involves dealing with their people. So yes, of course, notify them of their risks and all that stuff that you do with HR, but never work harder than them. So if it's not important to them and it's their accountability, well then do what you need to do to feel okay with it, but then don't take everything on. Um, like that, that's really theirs because I think we do that a lot. i feeling that one. I'm feeling that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's, oh, I think it's tied up with so much stuff. I think it's tied up, particularly for women. I think it's tied up with this whole thing of us trying to prove ourselves to be of value. I think we think we have to do everything for everyone. It's crap because, like I say, people are earning a lot of money to also deal with their people. So, like you know, we yeah never work harder than your client. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's my first tip. Um, what else have I got? I think around setting boundaries as well. Um, which seems like such an easy thing to do, but it's really not. Everyone struggles, like really struggles with it. But um, you know if when I went back to work after my daughter, I knew that I didn't want to be working into the evenings and it was just kind of like, you know, I was leaving at five 30 and there was so much stuff wrapped up in that for me. Like I was one of those women. I was a mum Now I was blah, blah, blah. And I've not committed and all that crap doesn't matter. And all of that stuff is in my head. And actually if people want to think that, and that's the own thing. If I know that I'm going into work and I'm doing the best of my ability every single day, then I don't need to be working in the evenings as well to prove that. That's that's just some rule that someone made up ages ago that just doesn't suit us anymore. So um, set your boundaries around what's really important to you and make time for the things that are really important to you as well. Mm. done? Oh, of course. Of
0: course. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, I have found being in the independent contractor space, it's a bit lonelier than when I was in HR department of one, because not only are you still doing HR as one, and I feel like your clients are looking at you more as an expert than maybe your coworkers did in W-2 roles but you're dealing with the business side of it as well. And I have found a lot of value networking with other HR consultants who have a similar mindset as you. Um, And that can be really helpful when you are in HR working for someone else too. join your local HR chapter and, and do more than just go to the educational seminars. Like, build a connection with someone that, that you can be your, um, your friend in HR and kind of like your confidant.
1: You're so right. Um, You know, and again, I'm, so I'm self-employed now, so I don't have a team of people around me. Um, But when you connect with the right people who are really willing to kind of support you, when you, when you're generally, genuinely willing to be vulnerable, actually you get it back in abundance as well, support and people also like telling you how shit it is and how hard mm-hmm. it is. Um, and then you're like, oh, well, it's not just me. I ran a webinar on Monday and there were people on there like, Oh my God, it's not, I'm so glad it's not, it's just, it's not just me. It's not just me feeling like this because you have guaranteed that if you put something out there and you show vulnerability, People will let you know that you're not as doffed or as like mentored mm-hmm. <laughs> as you kind of think <laughs> you are, because there's so many of us feeling the same way. Um, yeah, but I don't think we do that very well in HR. Again, we don't. Even with our peers, we, you know, I should just go to HR networking and be like, oh, I talk to these these boring HR lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a bit of a pretense as well, I think, sometimes. I, I, don't I would agree, yeah. Um, which I just, it's all, it's just icky to me. It's the, it's the whole politics thing about work. I just think I don't, I, I want genuine connection. And actually yeah. when you achieve that, it's really powerful. Yeah. The other, the other tip, if I may, um, yeah. which prompted by what you're thinking, is celebration. So again, we can go home and really beat ourselves up for what we didn't do and for, you know, if a situation goes wrong, I think we can overemphasize our role in it. And what we don't do very well is kind of celebrate our contribution, um again, because we're constantly being told, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. So um to practice celebration of your contribution and to make that a habit is is really good as well. I love that.
0: Now, you run a program for um, individuals that maybe are looking to get out of the industry or the field. So tell us a little bit about that program. And then also, um, you know, what, what are some steps that someone can take? Or maybe even before they make that decision, like what are some key indicators that someone might need to exit the field?
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so the program that I've, uh, it's, it's the first time I'm running it actually. It's called Beyond HR. And it is in response to kind of what I'm seeing around just this kind of like burnout kind of general, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my life kind of thing. Um, And the programme actually gets to a point of being able to make that kind of decision and it's kind of a newsflash moment. So don't give the secret away, but um, I think what I also talk about is a lot of what I talked about today, and kind of that professional detachment, and how do you set yourself up with the right tools so that even if you stay in HR, you never get to the point of that kind of um, burnout and depletion again. So um, the fir- the first, the very, very first thing that I think people need to do if they are thinking, "How do I make it through this year?" is to replenish their energy. Um, and to do that work around really getting themselves back to a point of being okay and that will look different for all of us but it will mean things like drinking water there'll be some like physiological things but also the psychological stuff so what do you need to be mentally well and mentally okay you know and not feeling kind of withdrawn and um and and low like I think a lot of people are um. And you can do things like journaling. You could do things like dancing. It's all. It's going to be individual to each person. Um, but the very first thing is to get get back to being okay if you're currently not. The 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 second thing, it depends. You know, definitely that's the first thing you want to do. <laughs> the second thing is. Um, so I did it when I when I, I I was disillusioned with HR for a really long time. But there were still elements of it that I thought, oh, if I can just do that, then that will be, that will be making the impact that I want to. But what I did was kind of job hop um, and I didn't stay very long because I didn't have really that bigger vision of what I wanted for myself. Um, And I think that's the, the, the second place to kind of put our energy is, well, actually, yeah, at the moment we feel really shit and we want to move away from what we've got that kind of motivation is never going to be sustainable because the minute you move away, you're like, Oh, I stay here then for a little while until something else comes along that you want to move away from. When you're moving towards a bigger vision for ourselves and for our lives, then you can kind of like have fun on the journey and be like, Oh, I might go over here because that looks fun. And it's still related to my, to my bigger vision. Um, and there are various different ways of kind of doing that. You might tap into the things that, particularly like about your job you might look more widely like I did one of the reasons I do what I do now is because I wanted the flexibility to um be a mum and not have to ask anyone to parent her you know um so what that means is that yes I have a bigger vision for how I want to change the workplace and all that kind of stuff but it also means that I can think right well if I take on that piece of work am I going to be able to do school drop-off when she gets there or do this you know so um yeah tapping into that bigger vision for yourself is the next thing that I'll do and they're the two most important things and genuinely I think when you are you're in a place of being okay and you have a bigger vision then it's kind of like the universe just goes oh here she is and like Mm. just starts chucking stuff up for you that completely aligns and you think this is brilliant why didn't I do it before that's what I've experienced anyway.
0: I second that. I'm very much into the fact that the universe gives you what you need,
1: yes. but you
0: have to be open to. Yes, yeah, you have to be open to it. So, um, you have so much information and knowledge around this subject, and I imagine that there's some people in HR that are definitely feeling feeling it and feeling the burnout, and might be a really good fit for that program that you have. So, where can someone that is listening uh, find you? If you had to,
1: um, be unstoppable. .uk um there's all kinds of stuff in there around rebellious self acceptance and you can find out more about me and also the program and um, beyond hr as well so it's Be it. unstoppable. uk i've also got a facebook group which is called hr supported that's entirely with the intention of actually giving us in the profession the support that we just never get um so there's a lot of stuff in there as well in as well around confidence and that boundary setting and that kind of thing too I love it.
0: Emma, thank you so much. I really appreciate you making time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to Quirky HR. We will catch you on the next episode.